0: I just want to start off by saying this Easter Sunday is is extra special for me, this entire week, because if you guys don't know, if you guys haven't heard, my grandmother, she passed away this past Thursday, and thir- Thursday in Holy Week, it's the day before Christ obviously went to the cross for our sins on Friday, and and on that Thursday, it's known as Monday Thursday. Monday in Latin meaning command is because that's when Jesus, he took a towel and washed his disciples' feet. And he says, I give you this command to love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. By this, the world will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And my grandmother, she just was a complete manifestation of that command. She lived that out, loving all the people around her and and, and just loving me as a kid, a little brat Korean grandson. (laughs) And she just loved me so well. And, and it, was, it was difficult to see her pass, but God answered our prayers that she would pass peacefully in her sleep. And that's exactly what happened at 6.45 a.m. on Thursday morning. And with so much hope of eternal life, what a reminder, Good Friday and Easter Sunday. So even though we mourn that she will be missed, we rejoice that she's with the Lord. But that period of mourning, that period of mourning, the Good Friday Easter story becomes all the more understandable because of what i just went through. Uh, so if you look at right here in John chapter 20 verse 11, we'll have it up here if you don't have your bibles. So Christ was crucified on that good friday. All their hopes were dashed. They're going, what's going on? All the disciples, all the women. And and they go early sunday early morning. Mary she goes there to to try to anoint the body of Christ with all the spices and you know for a proper burial and all of that. And she goes there And um, she realizes the stone is rolled away and he's not there. And so she runs and she tells uh, Peter and John and Peter and John then run to the tomb and they see the same thing. He's not there. And then they go home perplexed going, what happened? And, And then, but Mary stays behind. She stays behind. And we see right here, Mary stood weeping outside the tomb as she wept. She stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. Verse 13. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Which is a strange question to ask someone who's at a cemetery. You know, she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Let's pause right there. The, Woman, why are you weeping? Obviously, these angels know why she's weeping. She's looking for her savior who was supposed to save them and and, and redeem everything. And not only that, not only did he die, he's not there anymore. So she's thinking that some robbers came and took his body. And she's thinking these angels are most likely people who just work in this garden who are keeping things clean and stuff. And so she's telling them, they've taken away my Lord. And so she's weeping. And what we see here is that Her her sorrows is misguided by her understanding of who God is. How many of us, our sorrows are misguided by our misunderstanding of who God is? We have a misunderstanding of who Jesus is. And that's informing how we process all the things that trouble us and ail us and the trials of life. Not realizing that we have not a dead king, but a risen Lord. Not only is he risen, but he is Lord. He is active in your life, in this world, in the lives of your loved ones in ways that we cannot fathom and understand or could even ask for in such great ways. And we can't understand it. And this is her. Why are you weeping? I want to ask you, whatever you're going through here today, maybe something is troubling you. and, and, And it's hard to see God as not being present and risen and Lord. And I want to tell you today, this Easter morning, he is Lord and He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's keep going. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she didn't know, she did not know that it was Jesus. So in this moment, she's telling these guys, you know, about this. And and probably a chance that the, these angels then like looked past her shoulder. You know, when you're talking with someone, they look past her shoulder, you know, and you go, like, you know, you do one of these. That's probably what's happening. So she turns around. And she did not realize that it was Jesus who was standing there. She didn't realize this. Church, I want you to realize this. God's hiddenness does not mean his absence. In your trials, in your sorrows, in your weeping, in your confusion, in your frustration, God's hiddenness does not mean his absence. How many of us, if we're going to be honest, we don't realize that Jesus is there? There. And so much of our fears, our anxieties, our anger, and all the things, all the sins that flow out of that, we can trace it back to us not trusting that Jesus is Lord and He is right there. You know how many studies have been done about children, about children when they're young, when they're toddler age and whatnot, that what they need is to see their parents right there. And and for their parents to be ready to help them in their distressing emotions and to help them regulate their emotions. This is what they need. That right there, that need never goes away, even as you grow older. And we have to learn to to get that from our Father in heaven, to know that he's always there. You see? We don't often need to have all our troubles figured out. We don't always need a solution. We don't need to know all the ins and outs of all the factors that are troubling us. That's usually what we resort to. But what we need to know is we need to know that we have a risen Lord who is right there with us. And we can walk by faith, even if
1: we're not taken out of that fire.
0: God's hiddenness does not mean his absence. No wonder Jesus said, no one will enter the kingdom of heaven unless you receive it like a child. Keep reading here. Jesus said to her, this is Jesus, right? Women, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. So Jesus, she doesn't, re- she doesn't recognize that Jesus, and, and he, he might have you know, been wearing something different, or maybe she just remembers him so marred and disfigured at the cross, and, 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 or, or because his glorious appearance after the resurrection, it's changed. We, we don't know, but she thinks he's the gardener. And it was really early in the in the day. The sun's barely coming up, so maybe she just saw a silhouette, and she just supposed he's a gardener. She just is seeing what she wants to see. Hello, anyone. We do this all the time, for better or for worse. Speaking of children, my, my uh, son Elijah has an amazing, amazing memory of all the states and capitals of of America. We never even, like, pushed him to learn them. He just learned them on his own. It's amazing. And so anything, any shape that he sees, whether it's, like, a piece of spam or, like, like a, a water droplet, like, oh, it's Connecticut. It's Florida. You know? It's Michigan. You know? It's amazing. And, and, and for all of us, we see what we want to see, do you see? And for her, for Mary, in this case, she's just in her grief. There's no way that Jesus is risen. There's no way that Jesus is right there with her. All she sees is the grief. Just her mourning and her sorrows. This is a garden where Jesus is buried. This is all she sees. Hello, anyone. So Jesus then asks, Woman, why are you, in the verse before that, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? This is really interesting. What we see here, Jesus is saying, Look, your weeping is connected to what you are seeking. Whom you are seeking. Your sorrows is connected to what you are seeking. And oftentimes, our seeking, what we're seeking in life, what we're seeking is warped by a misunderstanding. What we're seeking is warped By a misunderstanding. We think that life is about this. We think God is like that. We think we're like this. We think sin is like this. Do you see? And what we're seeking is warped by a misunderstanding. I want to ask you guys, I want you guys to really ask of yourself, what is it that I'm seeking in life? What am I really after? What misunderstanding is it warped by? Because right here in this moment, Mary has a warped misunderstanding of who Jesus is. How many of us, many of our struggles is because we have a warped misunderstanding of who Christ is. How many of us forget the promises of Christ in the presence of trials? And this is why we fall into fear, worry, anger, bitterness, addiction, you name it. We forget the promises of Christ in the presence of trials. And she says she's supposing him to be the gardener. She said, "If you carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away." Mary, are you really going to carry that corpse away? She's just in her grief. She's like it's just this emotional response. She thinks that, look, gardener, if you took him away, just let me know, or if you know the thieves who took him away. What's interesting is that she thinks he's the gardener. What's interesting is that if you this harkens back to. The Garden of Eden. When was the first time Garden was mentioned in the Bible? The Garden of Eden. Right? That's where everything was good, but everything then got messed up. Right? Because we wanted to play God instead. And so why is this interesting? Jesus is saying, the first Adam messed up. And that's what we all are. We're all descendants of that first Adam. And we have a sinful nature. We need to be reconciled to God by humbly surrendering to Him in faith. And check this out: God came as a new Adam, the second Adam, as Jesus Christ. And here he is in this garden starting a brand new story, a new genesis, a, again, genesis, if you will, a palingenesis in Greek. It begins right here in this garden, a new Adam. And all who put their faith in him become descendants of this new Adam. You see, there's a new story beginning here. So if you're here, you're sitting here today, and as you heard so many of those baptism stories, it's amazing. You have a story that has gotten you stuck, and it's not going anywhere. I want to tell you, I want to invite you to receive this invitation. Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you a new story to live into. Believe in me. I am crucified and risen, and I'm inviting you into this garden. And we're going to begin a new story, a new genesis for your life. But you have to believe it. You have to believe me. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to work for it. There's nothing you can do to lose it. I've authored this story. And it begins with me in this garden. This is what Easter is about. Let's keep going. We're going to wrap up here. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. There's something about the way that he used to call her name that in this moment she knew. She's like, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. She, she clings to him. She clings and she, she, she falls prostrate on the ground and she clings to his ankles. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but to go to my brothers and to say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Let's pause right there. This is really interesting. This right here is very unique to this intermediate state where Christ died, rose again. And so he has about 40 days where he's going to walk and present himself, not only to disciples, but 400, 500 witnesses. And Paul the apostle talks about this in, in Corinthians. So there are hundreds of people who saw the risen Christ. Okay. And, and, and so he goes to present, and so he's saying, Don't cling to me. Okay, we got we got work to do here. <laughs> my young children, they love to just like grab a hold of my, my leg, jump on me, you know, and I'm just like walking around the house, and I'm like, okay, guys, that, that's enough. We gotta, you know, do stuff today. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what's happening here because Mary. If you don't know, in in Luke chapter 8, verse 2, when it talks about Mary, the way they introduce her is that she had seven demons cast out of her. Seven demons cast out of her by Jesus. So her life was a wreck. It was a mess. And she came from some insignificant town called Magdala. That's why they call her Mary Magdalene. And her life was a mess. It was all kinds of sins. She struggled with all kinds of troubles that happened in her life because of these demons that she let in through her sin. But by the grace of God, Jesus Christ cast those demons out, and her life was changed. She began to follow him at his word. So you better believe, when she saw her Savior die, the Jesus who changed her life, and then, he, and then when she thought, he, that was it, that was the end of that, that's how I'll, I'll ever see Jesus again, and then he appears right there, you better believe, she's going to hold on tightly and going, I'm never letting go of you again. You are never going to leave me again. You see? Do you see this ardent love and devotion to Jesus? Because he who has been forgiven much will love much. you see? She was forgiven much and she loved much.
1: The church, do you understand what Jesus has done for you? When you lose sight of that, that's where your love will die. Don't
0: ever lose sight of this. And so in this inter- intermediate state, he's like, we got to go tell everyone. And, and what he's saying is that when he ascends to the Father, he promises in John 14 to 16 that I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. When I send to the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you. He, and, and he says in John uh, 14 17 that he will be in you and with you. He's going to be in you and with you. So he mediates the presence of Christ in us and with us. So what we do in that state from that point on is that we cling to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. We cling to him through the Holy Spirit who is in us and with us. This is what we do. And we treasure him more than anything, never forgetting how much we were forgiven, how much he has changed our lives, and how much he is changing our lives So we join him again in the kingdom of heaven as we receive him like a little child. You see? And notice this. Notice this. He says, go to my brothers. This is crazy. To my brothers. To my brothers. These guys, (laughs) on the night of his crucifixion, abandoned him, denied him, rejected him, left them all alone when he needed them most.
1: And he says, those guys are my brothers. Did we read that right? He didn't say, go tell those failures. Go tell those sinners. He doesn't do that. I have forgiven them at the cross. Those are my brothers. And my father is their father.
0: My God, this is Jesus, the son of God, talking in the incarnation. My God is their God. All is forgiven at the cross. Hello, is this good news to anybody? No matter what you've done, no matter how many sins, how how many of you have denied and rejected Christ and pushed him away and didn't recognize him and struggled with all kinds of sins and demons, Do you understand that at the cross, Jesus died for all of that? And if you have received him, he calls you his brother and sister. You have a father in heaven. No one can snatch you out of his hand.
1: No one. He's saying, let's start again. Let's start
0: again. My God, it's your God. Verse 18. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, "I have seen the Lord, and that He had said these things to her." So Magdalene, she she, she runs back. She obviously this is probably hard. She's like, "I don't want to let go of you, though." <laughs> you know, <laughs> last time I did, you disappeared. But she's like, "Okay, at your word." And so, you know, sometimes God asks us to do things that are difficult, that's hard, and 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 Mary Magdalene, she goes at the word of Christ. And she obeys and she goes and, and, and tells them. And this is the mission that we've been given through the Holy Spirit who is now with us to go and tell the world about Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, I just want to say that there's no greater purpose that you can live for. This is a story that Jesus is inviting you to, to go and tell others about him and to have their lives changed forever, by him, for him, and forever. There's nothing better. And as I said, my I just want to close with this, my grandmother. She's the one that told me about Jesus all the time when I was a kid. And and I and I remember her telling me, her telling me about God, about heaven, about hell, or her taking me to church. And I remember as a kid, I remember I, I didn't like going to church. So I would ask my grandma at church, you know, while we're eating after service, I'd be like, many? that's grandma in Korean. I mean, like, how many more days do we have to come back here again? <laughs> like seven every time she says seven it's like, and i'm like oh, it's just counting the days you know i don't want to be at church and and and, and here's the thing. and but she would just continue to tell me about jesus continue to tell me about jesus and of course as i got older you know, my heart then became ready because of her that I started to, okay, yeah, I believe in God. I remember grandma, I, you know, all, I, I'd always wake up in the morning to her praying, you know, crying with the Bible next to her with Korean Christian worship songs playing on her little boombox, And I'd interrupt her to take me to the bathroom and cook breakfast. And, and as I got older, in my young adult years, that's when I then you know, open up the word of God. And, and that's when I saw that this beautiful good news that Jesus, he died for us and he rose again and that we're saved by faith in him. No one is righteous, not one. No one can earn this, but Christ gives it to us freely by faith alone in Christ alone, by his grace alone, for his glory alone, according to the authority of his word alone.
1: And, and I remember
0: not only did I then become a Christian and put my faith in him, Soon after that, I felt the call to go to, go to seminary to become a pastor. And then, and then when I finally did, I went to go visit my grandmother. And I told her, Grandma, you, you won't believe it. But you know, not only did I become a Christian, but I also felt called by God um, to become a pastor. So I'm getting trained now in seminary. And, and she, just, she was just so thrilled and happy. And she's like, our family needs a pastor. I've been praying for you every day. And then, and, and, and then soon after that, I just felt called by God, okay, now it's my turn to love her. And so I began to visit her every Saturday, bringing her groceries, having dinner with her, and just spending time with her. And then it all became coming to a head when just, you know, recently when she started getting really, really sick, she, she was 95 years old, you know, we knew she didn't have much time left. And so I began to visit her, as I've told you guys about, and praying for thank you. And just so many moments, and I've shared with you many, of of how God just continued to prove his love and power over her, reviving her spirit and her body in ways to give us signs that God is going to make all things new one day when she passes, which we knew was soon. And this past Thursday, as I shared, I felt God waking me up. I slept over in her hospice room, so she wouldn't be alone if it should happen. And I felt God just waking me up. I could not go back to sleep. And I was like, okay, I'll get up. And I had playing on my tablet Korean worship music the whole night. And I, you know, renewed it. And I just continued to play some more. And, you know, just reading scripture to reflect on the promises of God. And then I I sat, I pulled up a chair next to her bedside. And I sat beside her and just praying for her, that her faith would be strong. That God would relieve her suffering. In this time, he would take her home where everything would be right one day. And I was just sitting there reflecting on God and and all that was happening. And and I was watching my grandma and and she was just breathing so peacefully and then the breathing stopped. And then I just went up to her because I heard that even in your last, even after you finish breathing and your heart stops, you still have some seconds left to still hear, which is a grace of God, by the way, I think, for someone to hear the gospel message and be saved in the final moments. But she already was saved, obviously. But in these moments, I just got to say, Grandma, God has taken you home.
1: Thank you for all that you did for me. Love Jesus. Believe in Jesus. He's taken you home. This is why Christ died and rose again. To give us the hope of eternal life. And I'm
0: telling you right now, This is the greatest purpose you can give your life to. And it will change lives here and for eternity. And look look at how my grandma, Christ, through her, changed her ratty Korean grandson, his life, that what I didn't even realize it in the moment, that right there in that hospice room, I began to mirror her love for the Lord. I had nothing good in me apart from the faith of Christ that she passed on to me. I was there so she wouldn't be alone. She used to be there for me, so I wouldn't be alone. My parents were working hard to provide for us. And I was there now, waking up early to play Korean worship music, to read scripture, and to pray for her. This is the impact that my grandma had on me. That's not of me. Now she went to go be with the Lord, and, and her legacy of faith now continues on generation to generation to generation till the end of time. Give your life to this.
1: This is what you can do for all the bratty
0: gins in the world who need their lives changed in the hope of eternal life, and that can be passed on generation to generation. Go and tell them that Jesus crucified
1: and risen amen let's pray father god father god we thank you lord
0: on this resurrection sunday morning we thank you lord for sending your son to die for us to rise again and to begin a new genesis to begin a new story for all of us to live into, one that will never end for all who believe. Thank you, God, that through faith in Christ, that all of our sins are forgiven past, present, future, and your son calls us brothers and sisters. And we can now call you Father, God. And nothing can snatch us away from your hand, not even the gates of hope. And so God, for this, we
1: worship you, we surrender to you. As your Holy
0: Spirit leads us, we cling now and forever. And now we go and tell the world. Christ is crucified for sins, according to your word, and risen again, just as you promised. It's to him we believe, we surrender,
1: we follow. Your grace alone. For your glory, in Jesus' That we pray. Amen.